So welcome to this podcast for Practical Neurology. Um, uh, we're at the ABN conference in Brighton. My name's Ralph Gregory. I'm one of the organisers. And I've got with me Jackie Pallis, who's the clinical lead um, for the Department of Health MS risk-sharing scheme. So Jackie, uh, you've just uh, presented the, the 10-year data, I think. What were the standout features um, of, of the study, do you think? Well, there were some great results. The most important thing is that we actually got about 80% of patients followed up for at least nine years, which is quite remarkable. What we noted was that the aim to reach a cost-effectiveness target of £36,000 per quality for patients with relapse and remitting MS who were put on the treatments was actually reached and also we noted that there was a treatment effect um, for EDSS score, which is a disability outcome, as well as quality of life, not only in the relapse remitting group, but in the whole cohort, which included the secondary progressive group altogether. Clearly, it works. these drugs seem to work better for the relapse remitting patients, um, particularly if they were given the treatments early on. So what sort of treatment effect were you seeing when you say for the relapsing and remitting group? What, what, what... How did you quantify that for us? Well, we had two models. So we used a Markov model and a multi-level model. And a Markov model um, actually works out a transition probability for every EDSS score. And a multi-level model works out what happens to a patient with a specific EDSS when they're given the drug over time. And the results weren't identical for both the models, but they were all in the same direction. So there was about a 31% reduction in the relapse and remitting cohort for utility worsening, but a smaller effect in EDSS, about 14%. However, the disability outcome from the multi-level model showed a reduction in disability for about 30%. In the total cohort, it was about two-thirds the effect of the, the whole cohort. So if we were talking about EDSS 6, for instance, what sort of time delay might you um, expect to see with that? Well, that was pretty good. Um, so there was probably about a three and a half year delay to get into EDSS 6 in the relapse and remitting group and about 2.8 years delay in the whole cohort. And of course, EDSS 6 is quite an important um, outcome measure for MS because it's when patients start to use a stick. Uh, could you tell us a little bit about how the trial was set up for uh, those listeners that perhaps not heard of it before? Yeah, well, in 2002, NICE, um, did, did an assessment for um, working out whether the, uh, beta interferon and glutirumate acetate, which were the first drugs available for MS, and whether these were cost effective. And because we only had short-term clinical trial data, um, the cost effectiveness figures were much, much higher than NICE would agree that it should be funded under the NHS. But they did feel that if you modelled this over 20 years, these drugs might be cost effective. Um, and so they recommended that the Department of Health um, got together and actually set up a scheme whereby these drugs could actually be given in a cost effective way. And so what happened was uh, just over 5,000 patients were recruited um, and were followed up over 10 years and were assessed yearly for their disability. And we used a natural history data set from British Columbia to work out a model for what our patients would have done if they'd not been on treatment. And then they were able to set a target outcome 
that would be cost effective. And if it, that target was reached, then the drug prices would remain the same. And obviously, if it was um, not reached, significantly not reached, then the drug prices would be brought down. And actually, one of the drugs who overstepped their target, um, their uh, prices were put up at year six. So, as you say, the follow-up rate is spectacular. I mean, 80% over 10 years, isn't it? Why, why do you think that was? I think the Neurology Network and the Association of British Neurologists has a, a very, very good um, close network of, of consultants who, who know each other well. It's a small community as well. And there was just an awful lot of goodwill in people going beyond what was expected. And in fact, um, these, these figures are better than some of the year two randomised control trials. And the sites weren't given any direct payment. Um, and they were all doing this um, work within their usual everyday um, practice with great um, pressures. So I wonder what lessons you know, we, can, uh, we can learn from this. I mean, at the Department of Health, is, is there any recognition about how, how remarkable this study has been in terms of you know, follow-up? Well, I think the people that were directly involved, the Department of Health members, I think, are, um, do recognise what an amazing um, study this is. In fact, it's the most ambitious managed entry agreement um, probably in the world. And it, it wasn't without its challenges at various times. People, obviously, some people can be rather sceptical of observational studies, and so it's been criticised in the past. But I think that actually this is a model that can be used going forward in lots of chronic diseases, actually. Um, and it's also a proof of principle that a short-term effect in MS can actually reach a long-term outcome. Um, so maybe it will also be something we can measure our newer drugs against. Well, thank you very much, Jackie. It's uh, been a pleasure talking to you. Thank you.